And Father, thank you for that mighty power that you wrought in Christ when you raised him from, from hell, Lord. And you have that same power you gave to us, Lord, so we can be mighty in you, Lord. Father, thank you for everything you have done. Thank you, Father God, for everything you continue to do today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We just praise you this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Thank you. 
about us here. That's not what it says in First Peter, but this <laughs> is all about us. This scripture is, this identifies what we are in him. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtue and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into the, his marvelous light. Yes. So today we can celebrate. We can continue to identify with him. We are the chosen ones. Amen. We got to act like the chosen ones this morning. Hallelujah. Thank, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning, Father God. We identify with you. We are confidence, confident in you this morning, Father God. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you that we are victorious in you this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. All throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me.
can see. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing the chorus again. I see the evidence of your goodness. to this this morning yes. it's not yeah I saw you Thank it's, you. Thank it's you. a song that we can relate to because I don't Thank care you. where you are in your walk with God you've gone through some things Thank and so he's he's just we see the evidence of his hand in our lives and for some you see it more than others but I tell you, when you expect it, you'll see it even more. <laughs> and so I see the evidence of his goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Donnie, have you seen the evidence of his goodness? Yeah. Amen. 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 Tracy, you've seen it too? Yeah. Henry, you've seen it too? Yeah. Donna, you've seen it too? Yeah. Hallelujah. We've seen it, the evidence. So when we sing that this morning, you know, I know you probably saw Sister Nation. My heart can, can relate to what she's feeling up there. Because the words, when you listen to what you're singing about, your spirit on the inside goes, oh! <laughs> How do I get through this song? You begin to meditate on his goodness while you worship him. 
That's what true worship is. In spirit and in truth, he starts to bring those things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit yes. is our teacher, our helper. He'll help us to worship in spirit and truth. And what better way for me to connect with him as I, as I reflect on his goodness, as I sing about his goodness. You can't sing about his goodness and not reflect on it. Amen. So I'll let you start us because I don't want to do what Kev says. I always do start on the wrong key. So go ahead, ladies, start us. I see the evidence of your goodness. Come on, sing it out. All over my life, all over my life, I see your promises in fulfillment. Oh, yes, I have. All over my life, all over my life. Hallelujah, I see. I see the evidence of your goodness. Oh, you're so good. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. One more time. I see the evidence. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. Glory to God. I see. Promises in fulfillment. Oh, glory. All over my life. All over my life. Now come on and praise him for it this morning. Give him glory and honor and praise this morning. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you this morning. We're so grateful, Father God. We're so grateful to you for your goodness. We're so grateful to you for your kindness in this place. You are such an awesome God. You have every part of our lives thought out ahead of time. You designed it. You fashioned it. And we're just aligning to it. I thank you, Father God, that you're revealing to us the steps that we need to take so we can be fully, fully, fully aligned to your plan and your purpose. Fully aligned to what you've called us to. Fully aligned to that upward call in the name of Jesus. We give you glory and honor for it. You are our champion. Yes. <laughs> you are our champion. Yes. When you stand, <laughs> the giants fall. Hallelujah. Oh, you are undefeated. And because of that, we are not defeated. But we thank you that we get our confidence in our identity in Christ. We thank you, Father God, because we've been joined together in covenant with you. We are joint heirs with Jesus. And so we have full confidence that the things that you've promised to, it, to us are coming to fulfillment in Jesus' name in every area of our lives. Come on and turn to the person on your right and your left and tell them, you serve and you are the child of a champion. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. Bless the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Those of you watching, you are the child of a champion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you've been joined together with him. Glory to God. Bless the name of Jesus. Thank you, team. Hallelujah. You know, it's different when you use tracks. But every eight weeks, Kevin works at the moment. And so we're believing for some musicians. Are there musicians among us? Come forth. <laughs> Come forth in Jesus' name. But in the meantime, we're not, not going to have worship. We're going to use tracks. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank God for technology. And they did an awesome job leading us this morning. Amen. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Thank you all for your faithfulness. You know, you don't just get up there and you just sing. Uh, there's rehearsal involved. There's practice involved. There's development involved in uh, when you serve God. We want to give him our best, and that is what the team does. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh, this morning, it is International Rhema Day. And so if you didn't bring your change, um, I don't mean to make you feel guilty or anything or to uh, bring condemnation upon you. No, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. Just joking. This is my change. Now, I cleaned my desk drawer out because tomorrow is my last day at work. So if I'm, if I'm a little more excited this morning, you know why. After 21 and a half years of walking into the company I work for, tomorrow will be the last day I walk in there because I have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I want to, I'll go in there. But if I, I have to, I don't have to anymore. And so it'll be the last time I park in that parking lot and walk eight minutes in. Because <laughs> it's an eight-minute walk. I've counted. <laughs> I try to get it down. You know, when I was in my best shape, I think I got it six minutes. But it's eight minutes right now, maybe eight and a half. <laughs> but I'm so blessed that tomorrow's the last day. So I was cleaning my office because you accumulate a lot of stuff. I've only been in this position for eight years, but the person before me was in there 35. And so I, she didn't clean out the desk, so I left stuff in there. So I said, no, no, I want the next person coming in to have a clean slate. So I'm Cloroxing the inside of the desk drawer. I mean, that's how clean I got this place for them, I believe and leaving things in a better place than when you started. Amen. When you leave your job, there shouldn't be a hole there. But when God designs it and God, and God orchestrates it, you should be a blessing even while you're leaving. Amen? That's another message. Anyway, I cleaned out my desk drawer and had lots of change. I'm like, shoot, I had a lot of money in my drawer. This is not all the money that was in there. We also collect change because we know Rhema Day is coming. I also give over that because Rhema, for those who don't know, uh, if you enjoy the teaching here uh, that you've had even in the past or the guests that we bring in, all tied to Rhema. Rhema is a huge part of our lives. I thank God that my parents were obedient to him when I was 15 years old and they moved us to Oklahoma. People were like, you're going where? Where the horses and the buggies are? Where, where are you going? And so we went to the Bible Belt. We went to Tulsa. My sister was a senior in high school. And they yanked her out of school. It was not easy. I was going into my sophomore year of high school. It was not easy being uprooted. And, you know, at that age, you didn't appreciate it as much. <laughs> but 
uh, as you look back, you say, that was so God. He orchestrated the whole thing. And so I'm grateful that we had that opportunity. They both went to school. My, my sister did as well. Her husband, she met at school. I did too. I'm a Bible school dropout. Went one year, completed. That's my testimony and I'm sticking to it. Uh, went one year and then found out, what? You have to teach a five-minute lab, a preaching lab in second year? Oh, no, I'm all set. But I didn't tell people that. I just said, oh, no, I feel that I'm supposed to go to business school. You know, I, the Christian thing to do. I got to go to business school first, and then I'll go back. I never went back. I never intended to go back. And so... <laughs> Uh, I went one year. So I don't feel bad, though, because Pastor Sam and Sherilyn, who were, we were with this weekend, they only went one year, too. And look, at they're the regional directors. Now, to put something on the end of that is they only had one year at that time. They had two when I went. Now they have three. But still, they only went one year, and look what they're doing for God. And so I don't feel so bad. Uh, but, you know, the reason why we participate with International Rhema Day, because it's our opportunity to sow back into a ministry who has sowed so much into us. If that's the reason I have to say this church does it, that's, that's one of the reasons we do it. They have sowed so much into us. She worked at the ministry for four years and, and was got to, got to see the inner workings and the spirit of excellence that's there. So if anyone has anything cross to say about Rhema, we're the wrong family to come and say it to because we are Rhema. We are Rhema. And so uh, that's a ministry that is founded on faith. God told Brother Hagen, go teach my people faith. And so he has, and he's raised up individuals to do so too. We got another Raymond grad right back here, Miss Nancy. Wave, yes. Another grad. She actually completed the whole thing. <laughs> she graduated from Raymond. And so uh, Joe is another one who comes here, who attends here. He's also a Rhema grad. And so, you know, young people, as you think about and as you pray about what God wants you to do in your life, if you have a fire for God on the inside or you think, well, I think I need a fire for God on the inside, you know, you might think about attending Rhema. There's a lot of young people there. You'll be with people of like-minded, uh, like-mindedness and like-heartedness. You'll learn about Jesus. And then there's various areas of ministry you can go into. And they will teach you everything from preaching to setting up a sound booth. They'll teach you all about engineering and technology, as well as worship and youth and children's ministry. And then they'll send you out. So there's missionaries, there's churches all around this planet that Rhema has established. There are Rhema Bible colleges around the world. They say there's a Rhema student on every continent. Did I say that word right? Every continent. Thank you. All right. So there's a Rhema student. They said the sun doesn't set. Like, because we're everywhere on every time zone. So if I'm up here, someone's sleeping, you know, in another time zone. Then when I go to bed, they're up preaching the word of God. So it never sets on a Rhema student. And so we just thank God for the opportunity to do some upward giving this morning. We say change because you've, everybody has change. Everybody has loose change. If you didn't bring yours today, 
You have one more opportunity, well, two more, Wednesday and next Sunday. Christina will send our offering in for an International Rhema Day next week, okay? And so you have another opportunity because I know I see the faces. Some people forgot. Mama told me, oh, no, I forgot my chain. So uh, if you didn't get to do it today, bring it next week. Go in those couch cushions or wherever you have change. Get the family involved. Bring your change. We do that because Dad Hagen on a, usually around Thursday night at Rama during camp meeting, and I think they even do it during winter Bible seminar, he'll say, okay, ladies, get your pocketbooks out. <laughs> this is when he was alive. Now Pastor Hagen does it. And then he'll say, men, stand up. Get your loose change, get it out, put it in the offering, and you hear, you know, as the offering goes by. And so I love that, and I, I think it's one of the easiest ways we can participate uh, in IRD. We're going to show a quick video to you this morning, and then, Eric, you can come. in this world, the impact that the Rama family is producing in the earth today. We are dedicated to sharing the message that faith, hope, and healing is available to every person through Jesus Christ. When Rama was started in September of 1974, we had no idea, the I'm crying, the magnitude and the mandate that really God had, and you are a part of that. This is the base, and you are a part of what's going on all over the world. Amen. can't fulfill God's call without the help of like-minded believers. Together, we are reaching across generations, cultures, and nations to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to every corner of the earth. That's what International Rama Day is all about. Good morning. That's a long walk. I'm going to go back and forth. Um, yeah, the praise and worship just lines up with some of my uh, thoughts and feelings. I can't get into too much today because of the time. 
I was talking to Pastor Justin this morning, and he's like, wow, yeah, that's good, some good stuff. So you're going to have to wait on some of the things I have to say. But when it comes to giving, and Ivan, if you don't mind putting that scripture up on the screen there, this church isn't asking you to give. We're not taking your money. It's a law, it's a, and it's a blood covenant in the Bible that talks about tithing. And that's what we talk about here, not give us your money. Father Saul's family church isn't saying, hey, give us your money. We got to pay our bills. No, that's not how we work. And I'll get into more of that next time I'm up here. But since I've started tithing, since I believed 100% in tithing, because I, when I first started coming to church, I used to give five bucks here, $3 there, depending on how much money I had in my wallet. And... Once I, I could say, bought in 100% on what the Bible says and believing the Bible, I've never gone backwards. I've never lacked for anything. Now, given, it's not always like, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable. I got money in my pocket. No. But other people were there to bless me when I needed it. And even when we got married, other people were there to bless us when we needed it. And so that's what we're talking about when we talk about tithing is God takes care of you, whether you get checks in the mail, which happens to me all the time. I just had another one come in while we were on vacation for $51. But that's why I say it whenever it happens to us all the time. And I know Pastor Justin back there, him and his wife, they're like, yep, Ivan, it happens to us all the time. Henry, it happens to us all the time, right? Pastors, it happens to us all the time. We got to be excited about it. We got to expect. When you walk in these doors, we have to expect to receive, whether it's money, healing. How about joy and peace? Man, I feel so good right now. And good job, praise team. It's it's tough up there, um, going along with the track, but I was moved, and that that just goes like we are blessed. The people we spent our time with these past few days in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, they, they're blessed. They have a building that cost them $20 million to build. They started off in someone's living room also. We're going to get there. Let's get a revival going. Amen? All right, so I had this put up there because this is, what I, when I was teaching the children, they can tell you, oh, yeah, Mr. Eric, he was always down there telling us Joshua wanted. No, seriously, like, this is awesome. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. It's that simple, folks. Study the word and do what it says, and you'll be blessed, and you can bless others, and that's what we're all about, too. Right? Everybody want to stand? We're going to read this. And when I read, read it with passion. Read it with expectation that it's going to come to fruition because that's what I do in my life. That's what we do as a couple. And like I said, we've never gone backwards. Ready? Because we are tithers. The windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. 
We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and incomes, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail all the time, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every era of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest! Come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you don't mind to put your mask on, if you want to come up and put your offering in the bucket, along with your rhema change. Also, if you want to give towards rhema, you could just give to Father's House Family Church, but just make sure that you designate IRD 21 or Rama 21 so we know uh, that it's being designated to Rama. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray as we give. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. We say we don't have to give, but we get to give in this church. We thank you that this is the year of the local church and that this is the year of recovery. And so I speak recovery right now to every person's finances in the name of Jesus. Those things that the devil has stolen, he must repay in Jesus' name. And this is the year for it. In the name of Jesus, every penny lost, we call it in, into the kingdom. In Jesus' name, we give glory and honor to the Father for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, before you're dismissed, before we dismiss the kids, Miss Donna has an announcement to make. <laughs> Guys, you can, like, pay attention to something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. So we have a, a ladies group event coming up. I hope you guys are excited about this because I am. Yeah. Um, I was going through my closet and I'm like, I have so many clothes. I don't even wear these. Half of them are brand new. So I thought, why don't we have a women's swap? Yeah. A clothing swap. Yeah. See? Yeah. They like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be free. You'll have food. It'll be downstairs. So what we want you to do, I have a flyer that Patty made up. God bless her. It's beautiful. It has all the rules because we do have to have rules. We can't just, like, empty the whole closet. So there are rules. But go through um, your clothes, shoes, bags, jewelry, scarves, hats. Uh, <laughs> um, it has to be in perfect condition. And don't worry about sizes because we are unique. God made us all unique. There's something for everyone. Um, let me see, am I forgetting? It's the third week. It's right here. May 22nd. <laughs> it's going to be at 10 a.m. We will have coffee and we will have lunch. We have to have food, of course. Um, and this flyer will be back there and there will be a sign-up sheet. So you have a, about three weeks to get your stuff ready. If you could bring it at least a week before, because I'm going to have to, with help, um, 
organize everything, okay? Any questions? No? Are you excited? Free shopping, free clothes? <laughs> the men should be. Yes. Right? The men should be. This is free. Oh, yeah. Eric's happy. <laughs> All right. I just want to read a scripture which tells us why we have a women's group. I can see it. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what shall fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? In what communion has light with darkness? Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord, and I will welcome you. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? That's it. I'm excited about that. So ladies, get your jewelry together. I got some jewelry that I bought. And, you know, sometimes when I buy jewelry, I buy a lot of jewelry. And then it sits there and I don't wear it. So I've got some nice jewelry I'll be bringing. And, of course, we all have clothes with tags still on them. <laughs> Glory. Uh, yeah, our weekly goal, 400. Last week we had like 1,000. So this is okay. Two is, we're under the $400 weekly goal. But that's okay. Look how much has come in. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. We're getting there. Praise God. We enlarged our vision this weekend, or this past week. We went and visited Pastor Sam Smucker's church. Uh, he took us on the grand tour. And I tell you, when I say grand, it's grand. I've been in many churches, large and small, but this one just impacted me and impressed me in a way that no other church has. They thought of everything. Every room has a purpose. Every square inch has a purpose. And it's huge, but it feels like home. It feels like family. And so God's just working that vision on the inside of me. I'm looking at, I'm looking at there, and I didn't even take pictures because I was taking it all in. I did take pictures of the children's check-in area. That I did. And then of something in the bathroom, out of all things. But I didn't take pictures because I just was taking it in in awe of what a vision can do. Because they started in a living room. And so they've grown that church. And now they're not the senior pastors, but we met the senior pastor, Matt, and just amazing young guy. He's been in the church since he was four years old. And so, and, and we met the director of finance, been in the church since she was one years old. And then we met, you know, this one. Oh, yeah, her parents came. Just amazing, amazing. And the church, I'll just tell you one thing. So you walk in the lobby, and there's a waterfall type thing. There's a wall with water that comes down. And I'm like, how beautiful, plants surrounding it. I said, that's what I want. Just a little brook in the church, just really nice. The Del Turcos have one. I've always wanted one. Oh, no, that's our baptism tank. What? That's the baptism tank. I looked a little closely. There's a changing room in the back with stairs that come down. There's a mic right up here, and they bring the cameras out, and they record you as you're getting baptized. The family comes and stands. They baptize you in that beautiful waterfall thing. You go down, the cheer, you hear the cheering because the auditorium is just inside. Woohoo! Praise God. And they have it all on video. It's amazing. I'm like, do, now, did you think of that when you were building? Oh, yes. They had a youth pastor who said, I'm done with youth pastoring. And they said, we got to get him to do something. So he put him over that building project. Youth pastors have creativity. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, it was amazing, amazing. So our vision was enlarged, amen? 
Glory to God. After service, we have an encounter meeting this morning. So if you're interested in joining the evangelism team, that meeting would be for you or you just want to find out what the church is going to do uh, for evangelism, come and to that meeting and you'll find out. Also Thursday night, this Thursday, please come and be a part of the National Day of Prayer uh, event that we'll be having here at 7 p.m. We'll have some worship, we'll have prayer, uh, we'll be uh, joining uh, life, love, and liberty is the theme this year for the National Day of Prayer. So we're excited that the world is honoring that day, or the, uh, the, at least the national, maybe not international, but the National Day of Prayer. The U.S. is honoring that. Amen? Those of you who were here last week on Wednesday or that watched online, did Pastor Justin do an awesome job? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I texted him afterwards and told him that. It was wonderful. Thank you. I love hearing the word of God, just pure and simple word of God. And how you practice it, it changes your life. Amen? Children, you could be dismissed this morning. This morning is Communion Sunday, so we'll be partaking of the covenant meal. We've been doing a series entitled Watch Your Language. And so this morning, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit uh, because uh, we're doing communion. And every time we take communion, I want to talk about covenant. And so we fit covenant in with Watch Your Language. So what we're talking about this morning is the language of faith activates the covenant. Amen? And so I want to just give you a quick example, and then we're going to get ready to take communion together. But I want to give you a quick example of someone who exercised or spoke, I had a conversation of faith and activated the covenant of God in their life. Last week, we talked about characteristics of faith, the language of faith. We didn't finish. We still have one to do. We also want to talk about mastering our mouth. We'll talk about that in two weeks because next week is Mother's Day, so we've got a Mother's Day message. And then in two weeks, don't forget, it's Mother's Day next week. The guys are like, oh, it's Mother's Day next week. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and the young, young ones, oh, shoot, I got to do something for my mom. Yes, it's Mother's Day next Sunday. It snuck up on us, didn't it? Glory. And so uh, you'll have to bring that closer because I do not have that sight. Oh, okay. Glory to God. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, if you think I can read that, we've got some problems. All right, so we are going to do uh, the communion this morning uh, here in a little while. You can, you can sit tight just for a little while. Are there any first-time visitors with us this morning here? Any first-timers? Just raise, God bless you this morning. Come on and welcome him this morning. Glory to God. There's a packet the ushers will give you. There's a card in there if you'll fill that out. We want to give you a little gift before you leave. Glory to God. All right. Welcome. I got a nod of the head. I love it. All right. So uh, the conversation of faith. Our foundation scripture for this series, you could put it up there, Mr. Ivan. I, Mr. Ivan is busy this morning. You guys don't see it because you guys are facing forward. He's on this side and he's on this side and he's plugging things in and he's doing a great job. Just give him a hand this morning. We're keeping him busy today. Eric's like, put the scripture up. He's like, but I'm plugging in the video. <laughs> Second Corinthians.
Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. It says, we have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. We also first believe, then speak in faith. Do you know you have something that others in the word of God has? They had it. All the people that you read about, we have the same spirit of faith. We can find you in the scriptures. Amen? Jesus found himself in the scriptures. Glory to God. We find ourselves in the scriptures. You're in there. Somewhere you're in there. Even if it's just to start with John 3.16. You know that word world? That's you. That's me. We're in this world. Jesus came for you and I. He gave his only begotten son for the world, for you and I. So we're in the scriptures. Last week I shared an example of a conversation of doubt and unbelief. The focus of that conversation that I had uh, on healing, you know, me standing in faith for healing, the focus of that doubt and unbelief conversation is always on the problem. It's always on what's manifesting right now, my current condition. It's always on that. A faith conversation doesn't focus on the problem. It focuses on the desired outcome. It focuses on what we know in our heart God has already said is so. Amen. It focuses on... Simpler term, the solution. Glory to God. So let's look at someone, and also the conversation of faith is always anchored on the Word of God. Always. It's always based on the Word of God. So turn over to Mark chapter 5. I know we know this story very well. Uh, we teach it here a lot in this church, but I want you to look at it in light of covenant this morning. We see in verse 22 that Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, comes to Jesus and tells him that his daughter is dying. It says, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue named, came Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 22, uh, 23. And begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. He said it right there. The desired outcome, she will live. Amen. Verse 23 and 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Jesus didn't say, hold on, I'm on a mission. I'm here on a mission, and you're asking me to go on your mission. No, Jesus came and he did his mission was to do what the Father told him to do. And apparently, the Father said, yes, go with him. And he went. And the crowd followed him. The crowd was with him. So verse 25 and verse 26. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. On their way, the woman who had the issue of blood saw a moment of opportunity. 
Let's look at the next verse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. So she saw a moment of opportunity. She made her way to the master. And this is a woman who suffered for 12 years, at least 12 years. This one says 12 years. Some, you know, different parts of the gospel. At least 12 years she suffered. It also says she depleted all of her finances because of her health condition. She went to many doctors. She went to specialists. She probably tried many remedies. You know, friends always say, oh, well, I had this pain once. Try this, you know. Or Google says, try this. WebMD says, try this. You know, everybody has something to say. And so, you know, if anybody knows you have a problem, oh, my great-grandmother said. You know, everyone has a solution that they feel works for them. And, you know, there's a lot of mind over matter stuff, so it probably does work for them. <laughs> but she tried everything. She tried it all, the Word of God. It took the time to tell us that she tried everything. She spent all her money and was no better. In fact, it didn't even help her one bit. In fact... It was worse. It was worse. So she suffered physically with this condition. Imagine how drained she felt. Her finances were depleted. And not only that, but something we don't think about, she suffered emotionally because she was an outcast. If you've ever read through the Bible and you get to the book of Leviticus, one of my least favorite books of the Bible, no, I'm just kidding, but one of the toughest books of the Bible to read through as a kid with your parents, we'll put it that way, when you're reading through the Bible. Anybody? Come on. Can I get a witness? <laughs> All right, because it talks a lot about if this sleep with this one or do this one, I'm like, good Lord, these are a lot of rules, you know, and so Leviticus is a book and it talks about what the law says about an individual in her condition with a flow of blood. It says that if they even touch anyone or someone touches them, that that person is also unclean. That person is also unclean. That's the law. And now the punishment there wasn't like, you know, here, three, say your three Hail Marys and, you know, the rosary, all that stuff. It's not even a punishment like that. That's easy enough, <laughs> what they do in Catholic Church. You know, the worst that can happen is you wear out your knees if you're really bad. But their punishment wasn't even what we did. Got to spank it <laughs> when we did something wrong. Nope. Their punishment was... <laughs> death. <laughs> First of all, you were banished. They'd send you out. Sometimes you had to leave town. Other times you got stoned, but your whole family paid for your foolishness because they take the whole family out and stone you. That's covenant, but not the kind of covenant I like. <laughs> when one sins, the whole family suffers for it. Thank God for Jesus and his blood. Amen? Thank God for his blood, and thank God that he ushered in the new covenant. Amen? Thank God for that. But she was emotionally harmed with all this because she was an outcast. She wasn't allowed to go to synagogue, and that was a part of their culture. The Jewish culture, that's what you did. You honored Sabbath. 
You did what you had to do, what you were supposed to do, what the law said for you to do. She wasn't allowed to go. She wasn't allowed to go to things with her family. She wasn't allowed to be out in crowds. But something that she heard stirred her faith up to receive her healing. And she had a conversation with herself. Because it said, what verse did we do last on? And put that last one up there. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. This is a conversation of faith she had with herself. She spoke the desired outcome. Well, I'm going to do this, and here's what's going to happen. And so she stirred herself up. She heard about him. She stirred herself up she, because she heard of the miracles of Jesus. And she spoke the desired outcome. Now, we know that there was a, loud, a large crowd because it said it. Jesus went with Jairus. And it says, and the crowd, it purposely tells us, the crowd went to and they thronged him or they pressed upon him. I don't like crowds like that. Do you like crowds like that? Where you're walking and they're standing on your toes, you know, or the back of your heels, breathing down your neck. That's a big crowd. But that's how, that's what was happening. He was being pressed upon. And this woman, that's the last place she should have been. That's the last place she was supposed to be. According to the law, her butt should have been at home. <laughs> away from a crowd. But maybe she thought, well, maybe they won't notice. There's such a big crowd, maybe they won't notice. And so she said, I want to get to him. Now remember, if he touches her, according to the law, he's now unclean. So she said, I'm not going to even ask him to touch me. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get there and I'm going to touch him. Now that's on me. You know, that's on me. What do I have to lose anyway? It's been 12 years of this condition. I've gone to everyone else that they've told me can do this, do that, do this. Everything I've done hasn't worked. In fact, I'm feeling worse every single day. And so what do I have to lose? If I touch him, I'm an outcast anyway. I'm an outcast. If I touch him, they're just going to say, oh, there she is again. And he'll come up with something clever <laughs> to get out from that. You know how Jesus is. He always has something. He would have done it. It would have been another Mary Magdalene moment, you know. Let him who is without sin cast the first one. It would have been some moment if, if, if she had got not healed, <laughs> if she hadn't gotten healed. She said, he'll figure it out. But let me touch him. She said, let me be the one to touch him. So she didn't care even if she wasn't seen. In fact, she tried to sneak away, didn't she? He had to turn around and say who touched. And the disciples were like, are you nuts? <laughs> Don't you see this big crowd around you? And you're asking us, who touched you? Okay, I thought you were the smart one in the crowd. You know, because he was just being thronged upon. They were the pressing in on him. Imagine, she probably wasn't the only one who touched him, who touched the hem of his garment. 
she probably wasn't the only one, but she is one who had a conversation of faith about it before she took steps to go touch him. The Bible tells us this about her. She said, it said, one translation says she kept saying to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, I'll be healed. This was her next solution. This was it right here. This is it. I'm getting healed right here. So that's what she did. She touches him. She pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she was healed. Well, how did she know that? Well, she lived with this for 12 years, every day, every moment of her life. She knew what it felt like. She knew every ache, knew every pain, knew everything about this condition that she had. She knew exactly how it felt, and she also knew that the moment she touched him, she was healed. Something was not the same as it was before she touched him. She felt healing come into her body. She spoke it and then she received it. So she touched him, and Jesus told her, look at verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I believe right here at this moment, the emotional scars that she had was healed. She was healed of that right here. Because look what he did. He reminded her that she was in covenant with God. He called her daughter. That's a covenant word. He reminded her that she was not an outcast. She was not an outsider. But that healing belonged to her. Remember when he talked to the woman who had the daughter... And she said, even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. And he said the same thing to her daughter, you know, and she was someone who was an outsider. But he was letting her know, mm -mm, I'm bringing you in. Healing belongs to you. And that's what he did to her. He said, daughter, her emotional scars of being an outcast were healed right here. He restored her with this covenant word, daughter. He reminded her that she's not an outsider, an outcast, which is under the law. And that's what her condition said she was. You're an outcast. You're an outsider of something that she didn't do to herself. It was a condition that her body had. But he reminded that she was a daughter of Abraham and that she was in covenant. You and I were once outsiders. Hallelujah. We lived outside of the covenant. But when we believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he died for us, like it says in Romans 10, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 14 says, we were united with Jesus when that happened. Glory to God. We are no longer outsiders or outcasts, we are no longer without a covenant. That's what an outsider means. That's what an outcast is. Someone with no covenant. But that's not you and I anymore. Once we receive Jesus, once we receive the finished work, we are joined together with him. Amen? Unified. 
joint heirs with Jesus, where everything that he has belongs to you. And he took all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your sickness, anything that would stand in between him and you. Hallelujah. And that's what he did for this woman. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. That word whole there, I, I, I believe that the word whole there, it's nothing missing, nothing broken. But it said that she had depleted her finances. I believe at that moment, the miracle in her finances began to be set into motion. She was going to see restoration of her finances, even the very pennies and, and the money that she spent to try to get better on her own accord. God restored that to her, whole, with nothing missing and nothing broken, complete in him. Hallelujah. So what do you keep saying to yourself? Are you speaking the language of faith, the desired outcome? Or are you speaking the language of doubt and unbelief, which sounds like there's no way this is going to change. There's no way I'm going to be able to pay my mortgage this month. I can never get ahead. This problem is just too big. I can't see past it. I just don't understand why bad things keep happening to me and my family. Or a simple one that I may have said a time or two. I'll never fit into that dress. <laughs> Doubt and unbelief. My wife will never understand me. Doubt and unbelief, it runs cross-grain to the language of faith. Right. And this is the reason we don't see the things that we're believing for. We start off wonderful, and we say, well, this is what I, I'm working on right here. This is this, that dress right there. I'm, I'm working on it. My husband, this, our relationship, we're working on it. Or this right here, this my finances, I'm, ah, this is a, and then we speak the word for a day and then something comes up and we do something and we, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking to think I could get into this and I don't know, it works for so-and-so. I see they're working it out and they, he's saying checks in the mail every Sunday. I don't understand why it works for him, but it doesn't work for me. You just solved that mystery. It's in what we say. It's in what we say. He says it. Even when he wasn't seeing it, he'd say it. Checks in the mail. We stand up and we read that often. Like every Sunday we read it. We should have it memorized by now. It's not just something that we say because we need to fill up the space between, uh, you know, offering and then the word. No. <laughs> it's something that God inspired us to say as a church family, so we could see his promises in fulfillment all over our lives. Amen, like we sang this morning, all over our lives. Glory to God. 
And so when we stand and we say that, then we leave here and we undo it. We undo it the same way as we do it <laughs> with our mouths. And you say, well, I don't really mean it when I say it. Well, you need to get that straightened out in your life where when you say something, you mean it or you don't. Because that's very confusing when you're trying to walk and live by faith. Because now, do I mean this or do I not mean it? Our words carry much weight. However, for most Americans in the Western society, it's not the case. We just say whatever we want to say. In other countries, you can get stoned for saying certain things. <laughs> yeah, you can get put in jail for saying things. They, they make much on, uh, on, and much weight is on the words. It's on our words. And so, you know, we should, not that we have to, you know, get in condemnation and guilt over it, but you know what? It's as simple as sometimes you say less when you're working on a project, on a faith project. If you're working on your healing and you're around people who are always asking you, oh, how do you feel today? Yeah, you don't look too good today. Yeah, you look a little, are you like drained today? You know, not gonna help you. It's not gonna help you. So you've got to surround yourself with people, first of all, that will build you up and encourage you. When they see, oh, now this is the opportunity. When I see that they're not looking well, this is when I go, you look wonderful today. The word of God is working mightily on the inside of you. I can see it. You are getting stronger every day. I'm praying for you. I'm in this fight with you. I'm going to build you up and encourage you every step. Those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. Then for myself to be able to speak, you know, if I'm not feeling well, that whole, you know, my leg is killing me thing, get that out of your vocabulary. Get those words out of your vocabulary. You know your leg's not going to kill you. We know that. We know, I don't have, I mean, there are some diseases that that can happen, but we know that it's not killing you. We know that you are saying your leg is hurting. We understand that. But the devil is very legalistic. He really is. And so I just take that out of my vocabulary. It's not in mine. It feels bad for me to say it. I don't even like to say that as an example. But take it out of your vocabulary. Say something else. Say something else. You know, like, okay. <laughs> you may be huffing and puffing while you do it, but like we just said, the word of God is working mightily in my leg. If that's all you can say, it's working mightily in my leg. And the word says I was healed, so guess what? I am healed. Body, you're healed, and my leg is a part of my body. So with every step I take, it's getting stronger and stronger. The weakness is leaving my body. And the blood of Jesus, oh, it's working on my behalf. And, I mean, you can feel the room lift when you start talking that way, can't you? You can feel, if I sit here and I talk negativity, you can feel the room, just the life in the room just become depleted. But when you speak, it's like energy, isn't it? And we get all excited because that's what your spirit longs for. 
That's what your spirit feeds off of, is life, the word of God. It's life to your bones, the word says. It's life and strength to your bones and your muscles. Hallelujah. Speak to yourselves. Have a conversation of faith. Hallelujah. So this is just one example of a, a conversation of faith that activated the covenant. She received her healing as a daughter of Abraham. Jesus reminded her. And so the same with David. Remember David in the Bible. David was a covenant-minded individual. He knew that God helped him kill the lion and the bear. And it was the same one before he even stood before Goliath. He was telling Saul, here's what I'm going to do to him. And before he stood in front of Goliath, he was telling others, here's what I'm going to do to him. And then before he even released the stone and chopped off the giant's head, he spoke faith and he said, here's what's going to happen to you today. Now, the, the Goliath, well, he, Goliath was speaking just as loud to him of what he was going to do to him. But David stayed on faith. He was not moved. His conversation and his language was one of faith. And so there's an example for us. What giant do you have in your life? What's that thing that you can't fix yourself? That's your Goliath. That's your mountain. Speak to it. Let it know what the word of God says is going to happen. That's what faith does. Glory to God. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. So David knew his covenant rights and spoke the language of faith. And we know the outcome of that story. And it still works the same way. It may have changed from the old covenant to the new covenant, but faith never changes and neither does the language of faith. It's consistent. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Ushers, you can serve the people this morning. And let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 11. And I'm reading out of the Passion. We'll start at 23. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself 
by not recognizing the body. Thank you. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak, chronically ill, and some even dying. The covenant meal is a very serious meal. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, how uh, Jesus did that covenant meal, how, how it worked in those days, a, a few uh, messages back on covenant. We talked about how, uh, which bread he removed first, and we talked about how the bread looked and all of that. And you can go back and listen to that. But it's very important that we know and understand what this covenant meal has provided for us. Very important. It's nice to know all of the things that happen and, and what they did according to custom and all of that with the Jewish laws. Wonderful. And we should know that. But the most important thing for us as believers to know is what happened. Why are we doing this? He says to do it to remember him and the finished work, the work that he did for you and I. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Now, it said uh, over there uh, towards the end of that, it talked about doing this with the right spirit and to evaluate ourselves. And so let's take a moment to do that. Uh, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show us anything that is standing between the Father and us. And let's just take care of that right now. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful every time you confess it. He's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let's repent of anything that would be standing uh, between him and us this morning so we can take this table with no guilt and condemnation. Amen. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to reveal to us. Reveal to us anything that is standing between you and our Father. Between us and our Father. Anything that's, be, that's standing between us. Any unconfessed sin. Anything that we should have done or, or, or should have said or shouldn't have said. We just repent of it right now in the name of Jesus. And we receive our cleansing right now. We appropriate the blood of Jesus right now in that area or areas. We receive our cleansing right now in Jesus' name. We declare that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so we can overcome whatever this area is. We do not have to repeat it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, help us. You are the helper, help us. So we can move on from here. No repeats in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he took bread and gave thanks, and then he distributed it to his disciples, and he said, Take and eat it. It is my body which is given for you. 
he gave his body for you. He allowed them to beat, kick, spit on, mutilate, everything. He took mutilation for you so you don't have to have that in your life. Maybe your child is struggling with that. Or maybe a family member is struggling with mutilation or self-harm. Jesus allowed them to harm him for them and for you. And so appropriate that this morning. Appropriate the blood in that area. Anxiety. Oh, how much anxiety an individual would feel as they are carrying a cross they're about to be crucified on. Shame. Oh, the shame an individual would feel as they hang up there undressed before the world on a cross, arms outstretched, the pain in the joints and the bones and the muscle, the tearing of that, the pressure on his head from the crown of thorns, headache, migraines, appropriate the blood of Jesus. As you take this this morning, receive your healing over anything that ails you. Anything that brings you discomfort and pain. He took it so you don't have to bear it or carry it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Now receive it. Take and eat it this morning and give thanks to him for healing this morning in every area of your life. I receive it by faith right now in the name of Jesus. Everything in my body in working order, aligned, aligned to the work of Jesus, aligned to the work of Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Cholesterol, you align to the work of Jesus. He took it upon his body. He took it. Eyes, you be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus took all of our sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Glory to the King. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then he did the same with the cup after supper. And he said, this cup seals the new covenant, covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. The blood, the blood still flows for you and me today. There's healing in the blood. There's life in the blood. There's salvation in the blood. There's victory in the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And it flows for you and I today. Hallelujah. We give thanks to God for the blood and we partake together in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now stand with me. 
and give him thanks this morning. Just thank him from your heart. Oh, Father, we thank you. We're so grateful to you this morning. We thank you for the covenant meal, the meal that heals this morning. I thank you that healing flows in this place in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. Give you praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. We're so grateful for the finished work, for the finished work. Hallelujah. We're so grateful for all you've done. We're so grateful for all you continue to do. We thank you that this is the year of the local church. We thank you for divine recovery, divine healing, divine restoration, and divine prosperity in every area of our lives. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus, who was, who is, and who is to come. All glory to you. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Father. We give you honor and praise this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, whatever you're standing in faith for, continue to have that conversation of faith with yourself and with others and know that you have a covenant with God. You are no longer an outsider, but you are an insider. <laughs> You're in the inner circle. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad those watching this morning? You're a part of the inner circle. Amen. Glory to God. When you receive Jesus, you're on the inside, no longer on the outside looking in. Amen? Yeah. We're not just consumers, but we're participators. Amen? Amen? We participate in the work of Jesus. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. As you're dismissed this morning, just tell someone around you how much you love them and how good it was to see them. Those of you online, we love you and we're always happy to see you. Have a glorious week. We'll see you on Wednesday evening. We have another Let's Talk segment. And then on Thursday night for our National Day.